Welcome to Power Yourself, where we discuss the most important topic in the world, you. Today's episode is relationships. We live in a world with friends, family, coworkers, and often a life partner. So what defines a great relationship? How do we improve the relationships in our lives? Today we discuss the complicated world of relationships. And with me as always, Jillian Power. How's it going today, Jillian? It's going good. How I, is uh, Carl there today? I'm doing all right. I feel like you and I are in a relationship here. We've got a working relationship. We have a friendship. Uh, we're coworkers. So, Dude, it's absolutely a relationship. Absolutely. So we're not just talking about romantic relationships, or we're not just talking about friendships. We're going to try to cover the whole scope of relationships, people who are important in your life. And I guess that's how I feel about what a relationship is, is someone who is important in your life. Would you agree with that? I'd definitely agree. Uh, I think the, well, I don't know about for everybody else, but for me, the older I get, the more I'm kind of picky with how I define a relationship and who I will let into a relationship with me. It's kind of funny. Yeah, I agree with you on that. There, It's, it's neat to see people in my life who sometimes have a huge swath of friends, hundreds of people. You go anywhere and they go, oh, I've got, I know this person in this area. And you go out for dinner and they run into four people that they know. And then you have other people that they barely have maybe three or four friends. And, I th- and it's funny in this day and age, especially with social media, there feels like sometimes there's a pressure to have more friends, to add more. Like quantity is becoming very important, it feels like. But we're going to discuss quality today instead. That's definitely how I would define a relationship for me. It's quality versus quantity. I would rather have three or four really good friends that I'm close with and vulnerable with on a continuous basis versus surface friends is how I would call it. And it's interesting to bring up surface friends. Often people who are lonely can have a lot of friends. And so it's funny, you know, when we think of people who are lonely, sometimes we picture like a shut-in by themselves, nobody around, the phone never rings, there's, you know, cobwebs on the cell phone. But that's not necessarily true. So I wanted to ask you, what is loneliness? Is it a lack of meaningful people in someone's life? Is that what it means to be lonely? It's a good question. I don't, like, I don't even know how I would answer that. I think loneliness is a, a feeling we would allow ourselves to feel. So I think even if we have like a hundred people around us, we could still feel lonely. So I think that would kind of connect with the quality of the relationship. So having meaningful relationships might be able to take that loneliness away. Does that make sense? I, I agree. And I think too, knowing that someone has access to high quality relationships they don't necessarily need to access them all the time but knowing that they're there if they need them or knowing that they're there if they are to be needed i think that's a key important piece as well that i know i've got maybe 10 or 20 high quality friends in my life and even if they don't call me every day that's not you know the definition to me of being lonely isn't so much that you're not constantly connecting with people it's that you have no ability to connect with people and it's the type of quality, you know, you kind of use to interact with. So I would say, like, is your friends people who you can be vulnerable with or raw with or emotional with and not have to be your best self at that moment? And that's how I feel takes away from the loneliness is because I can be real. I don't have to be 
a certain version of myself to hang out with these people. I can be as messy as I am in that current moment or as put together and successful as I am in that current moment. It's funny too when we talk about relationships. Some of them are voluntary and some of them are involuntary. So for example, friendships on the whole, for the most part, are voluntary. You can choose who you'd like to have in your life from a friend standpoint. But that's not always the case when we talk about coworkers, if you volunteer in an organization, family members even. You know, we didn't choose our parents, we didn't choose our family members. So it's funny with friendships, those are voluntary relationships. On the whole, we can choose who we would like to have in our lives to be friends with. And hopefully, you know, when you go out on dates or when you eventually, you know, if you eventually find a life partner, those are choices that you make. However, there's many relationships we have in our life that are not voluntary. So I think about, for example, when you go to work, you don't really choose your coworkers. When you go uh, to a family dinner, there's often aunts, uncles, grandparents, parents. These are people that you did not really choose to have in your family. We didn't choose our parents, for example, or our brothers or sisters. So Jillian, how do you... How do you make a relationship work when the people in that relationship maybe aren't voluntary? They're there because they're family or they're coworkers. What would you say to somebody who says, well, I'm in a relationship with somebody that I don't really want to be in with, and I, don't really, I can't really choose to get rid of them because they're a family member? Well, that's a tough one because we all have relationships in our lives that we maybe inherited, you know, or, you know, we didn't seek out and realize we have such a common background or common values and kind of connect that way it was maybe in a relation to you know our family or maybe like you said coworkers stuff like that so i would say we could still have quality interactions you know we can still treat everybody with respect and kind of give people the benefit of the doubt sometimes and i always find it still possible to engage and have good quality relationships but i might not define them still as friends so I think it's what are you trying to get out of that relationship you know like if you're saying you kind of don't want that relationship but you are forced to have it then I would kind of come back to you with well what type of relationship do you feel you have to have and why and kind of look at that a little bit more so it's interesting you mentioned about how sometimes we feel forced to be in a relationship they could be coworkers, it could be family members. Let's talk a bit about the benefits of having a high quality relationship. I think that could maybe help us structure a path to success here. So if you're in a relationship and you'd like to make it higher quality, what are some of the benefits of being in a high quality relationship? Why should someone even care to do this? Well, you nailed it when we first started talking about the loneliness thing. Like it's a big thing to feel that belonging or connection with other people. But I would question our connections today or what we call our friendships or relationships. And I would say, you know, are you really being real in that relationship? And so to me, how I define a good relationship or a good friendship or whatever you want to talk about, I would say it's about being vulnerable and being seen and being okay with that. Like I, I feel it's unfortunate when people have to put on a front or I usually call it a mask. You know, it's like they need to have that mask on before they'll interact. And I, I see it as, you know, it's, it really is unfortunate that we can't kind of take that off, show up, be vulnerable, be raw, be who we are in that moment. And I feel when we take those types of interactions 
that's when we truly get connection and bonding. So there's obviously a lot of us are, are thinking right now about the relationships in our lives, whether they're family members, spouse, friendships, coworkers. What are some tips or tricks that people can use when they're, I guess, dissecting that relationship in their mind? So they're not with the other person yet. They're just thinking about the relationship. So I'm sitting here alone. I'm thinking about the relationship with this other person. What are some things that I can work on? Regardless of how they're going to behave, what are some things that I can work on individually when I think about approaching a relationship? I would say, like, I like to look at um, my types of, like, before I kind of go into a friendship, first of all, what's my expectations, okay? Trying to not put pressure on that individual, because let's be real, they're not here to fulfill something for you. You have to do that on your own, okay? So look at your expectations. What are you asking from this person? Or what are you going in with? Are you thinking that they they should be my entertainment? They, they need to be there to pick up my pieces. They need to make me feel good. And I would counteract that and be like, no, that's a lot of pressure to put on another person, whether it be a friend, a partner, or a sibling, or whatever, no one can fulfill something for you. You need to fulfill it for yourself. So definitely looking at your expectations going into it and the effort you want to put into it. Like we started talking about, I really don't see myself as having utopious amount of friends because I see my small group of really close friends who I'm continuously vulnerable with and I would seek out help from. I put effort in that and my time and effort I feel is very valued to me. So that's kind of why I, I up the ante a little bit. So I, it's not being like mean or anything, but it's kind of like, is this relationship worth the effort? Right. I guess we are investing time and energy and those are things that are finite quantities. We don't have unlimited time. We don't have unlimited energy. So we need to be a little bit picky about who we're going to spend that time with. Yeah, and I just don't believe in that kind of, and you know me, Carl, I, I don't enjoy surface talk. If somebody is going to show up and be themselves, then I will interact with absolutely anybody because they're being real. But if I feel kind of a, you're just talking to me for pleasantries, I really lose that, that ability to engage. And I know that says more about me, but it also says what I value in life right now. And unless someone's able to show up and kind of be messy with me or be honest with me, then that kind of makes me evaluate or reevaluate. Is this worth the effort right now? So I'm going to throw out a, a quick little phrase and I'd love for you to talk a little bit about it here on the different benefits of high quality relationships. Can you talk a bit about a mentoring relationship? So, for example, learning from others or teaching others who are willing to learn. Well, isn't that how we started? <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> it's I guess true. So. Though. I mean, and, and but it's funny you mentioned that though because I feel like as much as I was able to teach you maybe in the workplace or in certain areas of work, you also have taught me about other areas of life as well. So it's funny when I feel like when I talk to someone about coaching or when I talk to someone about mentoring, the piece that sometimes gets missed is about how much that mentor actually learns from the other person. It's not just a one-way relationship. It's a two-way, even though that may not be the express 
concern going into it. it Maybe like, oh, I really need a mentor to teach me how to do whatever. But that mentor actually winds up learning a lot as well. But I feel that's how you go into it. So, ah, and that brings up a beautiful piece because it's like we can have that type of interaction, that mutual beneficial relationship depending on how we go into it. So just look at our interaction. It first started off as a very business type interaction. You were my mentor. You were teaching me how to teach. But we both showed up to that. We both got honest with each other. We were, I was uncomfortable because I was trying to grow. And you were able to show up, see that, and kind of meet me with that vulnerability, which is how I was able to help you. So I think... This is a perfect example of how, depending on you show how you show up to an interaction, you could have a beautiful, long-lasting friendship. Yeah, and you're you're absolutely right, and and it's neat too about the mentoring piece about how I know in, in, in talking with people about, and we'll have a whole other episode about coaching and mentoring. I, I think it's neat how we sometimes will seek out a coach in our lives or a mentor in our lives, and it doesn't necessarily have to be someone who is hugely above us in a professional landscape or somebody who's super older than we are it can be just someone that you just admire a certain skill about them and say hey i'd really like to i'd really like to share that experience and maybe you can impart some wisdom on me in that one area of the life and then you wind up in a relationship with that person where you're learning and growing but so are they which i think is one of the benefits of being a mentor benefits of being a coach so i know we're leaking into another episode that we're going to do about coaching and mentoring but but if you guys are interested in hearing about coaching and mentoring, we definitely want you to tune into that future episode because I think it'll be a lot of neat talk, not just necessarily what we think about coaching and mentoring, but some really nice little nuggets of information that'll be hidden in there as well. How about sharing similar interests? How about having a relationship based on sharing similar interests? I think that's usually where maybe the majority of your friendships might come from. So maybe you both enjoy hockey or maybe you both enjoy running or maybe you both enjoy volunteering or something like that. So kind of enjoying something together, I think, can end up sprouting a beautiful friendship. But once again, it's how you conduct that interaction. It can blossom into something big and beautiful, but it's about how you're showing up and interacting with that other person. How about motivating each other? So that's a fine line for me because I feel we have to motivate ourselves. I Just like, guys, the whole reason I wanted to do the podcast is because I feel happiness is a choice. So once again, motivation, what type of life do I want? What type of interactions in my life do I want? What type of work do I want? What type of balance do I want? That's up to me. That's up to me to motivate myself. That's not up to anybody else. But to talk about like the friendship role of it, maybe you can be their cheerleader when they're not in that place. So maybe when somebody's feeling down or maybe when somebody's, you know, we all have those days that we feel it's an uphill battle and maybe we struggle. So having those types of friends in our lives to be able to reach out and be like, you know what, I'm, I'm just not good today. And maybe that person can kind of meet you where you are and be empathetic and share that space to allow you to be able to kind of come full circle, wrap it up, and then once again, motivate ourselves. Fantastic. How about 
specifically talking about couples, so people who are in either romantic relationships or, you know, maybe they're, you know, spousal relationship. And, you know, I've noticed sometimes there's, I guess maybe because we're tribal by nature, but there's sometimes friendships will be, you have your single friends and then you have your married friends or you have your couple's friends and, you know, your single's friends. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about that, about the benefits of having friends, maybe not so much benefits, but but that is a thing, right? Where sometimes we tend to segregate off our friends. These are my work friends and these are my hockey friends and these are my family friends. Do you want to talk a bit about that, about the challenges that we face sometimes with that? Well, I, I would feel sometimes that, you know, we maybe don't have the energy to entertain different pockets of friends. So it's probably easier to um, sometimes do friends based on interests, you know, so I need to talk about work stuff. So maybe the friends I do, um, like my active lifestyle with wouldn't be the friends that I would ask for work advice or maybe they would, who knows? So sometimes it's just about the space that you're in. You know, it could be, maybe I just want to deal with my family right now. And I, maybe there's some kind of you know, thing that I know my family will connect with and we'll have a good conversation around and we can go deep within it, you know, deep within that topic versus if I maybe had everybody within that interaction, maybe I wouldn't be able to go there as quickly. Because even though I'm close to those different pockets of friends, maybe the people who I interact with wouldn't be. So I think there's a time and a place and it's okay to kind of, you know, I have my girlfriends I want to go see a band with or something like that and I have my friends who I maybe want to go for a run with or talk about a triathlon or talk about a race or something with and then maybe I have my work colleagues that I want to interact with on a professional level I think it's okay to have those separate types of groups and okay not to always bring them in together because maybe we just we need to go deep in that certain aspect of that kind of interest or relationship that we have with that other person. Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that because I know for myself, I tend to really enjoy one-on-one -on -one conversation. And so, you know, if we go out for a lunch date or something and there's, you know, the two of us are going and then all of a sudden at the last minute someone says, oh, hey, let's, let's invite a third person along. In my mind, immediately, I think, oh, that changes the dynamic. Now, it could be positive. It could be, hey, great, not a problem. But, but it does change the dynamic. And I think it's okay to acknowledge that it's no longer going to be a one-on-one. -on -one. It'll now be a three-person or a four-person conversation. So I find it funny because we all know that one or two friends in our lives who tend to do the tag-along, like, oh, we're going out for lunch. I'm going to bring so-and-so with me. And it's like, oh, like, I, I've learned to forgive myself over the years of being okay with being like, actually, I don't really want that. You know, it, it, a heavy time for me is a Super Bowl. I'd like to watch Super Bowl by myself. So every February, I sit in a room downstairs with the door closed and the phone off the hook, and I, I really enjoy watching the Super Bowl by myself. And every year, I get invitations to go over to other people's houses to watch the Super Bowl, which is great. And I always wonder, like, you know, this last Super Bowl, I had one friend come over and we watched the Super Bowl together, and we actually had a great time. It was awesome. And I was very surprised because I was very nervous. It's going to be different. So I'm, I took a page out of your book where I kind of got out of my comfort zone a little bit and thought, I'll try this. And if it's horrible, uh, I won't do it again. But it's not the end of the world. But it was just neat, though, because it totally changed the dynamic, having a relationship of just me versus a relationship of me and somebody else. And I imagine the same is true if we go out for dinner and, oh, it's just going to be Jillian and myself for dinner. Nope, it's Jillian and myself and one other person. Oh, that's, that totally changes the dynamic. 
I don't know if I'm just sounding crabby, but no, no. (laughs) not at all. And it's actually bringing up maybe a self-awareness piece. So going back to that expectation, what do you want from that interaction? If it's maybe, man, I, I really need some personal advice right now. I really need a pep talk or I really need to go deep and go raw. And maybe that only means the people I feel the safest with. So that's okay to set up those boundaries. So I think that's a big thing about relationships. First of all, it would be once again, going back to the expectation of what you're trying to get out of that interaction, but also with boundaries. Boundaries are, I think, essential for a functioning relationship. So if maybe me and you had plans and you had an agenda to be like, I really need to talk about something serious and I really want Jill's input. Maybe it's about communicating that to the other individual or respecting them enough to say when they say, oh, listen, I was going to bring Tim along with us. Let's bring, let's bring Susie or Tim. Then it comes up to you. It's your responsibility to say, actually, you know, this time I was really hoping to discuss this. So I would prefer if it's just us. So I think it's about honoring each other and being real once again and asking for what we need in that moment. It's okay. I'm big. You know me, Carl. You worked at me. I want to include everybody (laughs) because I don't want anybody to feel left out. Like that strikes back to the bullying thing. Like I really want everybody to feel that connection. But very strongly, there's a time and a place for everything. Maybe if the intention of that interaction was supposed to be quality one-on-one time, then know that kind of you have to discuss and have that communication with the other person and respect them enough to kind of say what you need. Yeah, there's an interesting thought experiment that the listeners at home can can run through. And, and I'd like to ask you this, Jillian, as well. You walk into a, a house and they're having a party. And there's 35 people all, all scattered throughout the house. And they're all sitting there, cocktails in hand. They're having a visit. Are you the type of person that would gravitate to one person and have a deep, meaningful conversation over your two hours there? Or are you the type of person that would float around from person to person and have many different conversations, none of which are particularly meaningful, but they're still interesting conversations you talk about the weather you talk about sports whatever it may be so i know there's many people out there that feel there's a value there to walk around and meet with everybody as many people as possible and have a great time well socialize Uh, or network exactly and there's other people that say i would head for the one person i know or the one person i maybe connect with and then you go sit by the fireplace with them and you only really talk to them for two hours And and i've seen both happen and i think there's value to both uh, you know, especially if the party's not so hot, you find one person that you really enjoy their company and you say, okay, I'm going to hang out with you for a couple hours. But if the party's, you know, that can also come across as antisocial as well, right? So I guess we both, we all of us have those tendencies in there. I don't know, which side do you fall on? I guess it maybe depends on the party too. Well, it totally depends on the party, but it also depends on what I'm trying to get from those types of interactions. Am I trying to build a network? Like, am I trying to network here? Am I trying to get to know people? Or am I trying to maybe invest in a relationship or am I trying to go for quality conversation so I would say it would go back to my expectations of that situation so it would really be dependent on that so kind of what energy do I have to offer people like I have to be very aware of that too but I think if I'm being honest and you've had an interaction with me I like to go deep pretty fast and I kind of 
don't stay long if I feel surface talk. <laughs> so sure. I would definitely say I, I tend to gravitate more towards those meaningful conversations, but there is a time and a place for everything. So it really would depend on the situation. So our apologies to fictitious Tim and Susie. <laughs> we're abandoning you at lunch and we're not talking to you at the party. We hope that's okay. <laughs> So let me ask you this. What makes a great partner in a relationship? When you look at a friendship or a spouse, a coworker, a family member, what is it that they have in common? When you say this is a great person in my life, what are some traits that that person would have? I would say honest, real, dependable. And I got to admit effort. Like for my people, I will always show up and put the effort in what I feel. And I, all I can do is my perception of the situation, but I always feel that I show up and I put the effort in. So if you're my quality person, then it's my expectation of myself to put the effort into us. Now, fine line here. If I don't feel I have that energy or that effort today, then it's up to me to communicate it effectively to the other person. Maybe I can't show up them for them today. You know what? I'm feeling exhausted. Maybe I have a headache. Maybe I just had a really hard day yesterday. So honoring ourselves and respecting ourselves enough and respecting the other person to kind of communicate that to them. You know what? I can't show up today. So I guess everything would stem from honesty and vulnerability, I guess, basically. I like it. I, I know for myself, I really like people in my lives. I'm thinking of friends, I guess, is, is where I go to this because I feel like that's the commonality with if you have a really good family member or my spouse, for example, or friends, the, the commonality is they are my friends. I really enjoy spending time with them. So I find people who are genuinely curious. I think about the best friends in my life and they're genuinely curious about myself. They really care. Like you mentioned, they put in the effort to ask me about me and I ask them about them. And I actually do want to know what the answer is. And then we, you know, what I find is funny is when you, there's, there's a certain tell out there that if you ask somebody how they're doing, and they give you a response and there's no follow-up, chances are they're not really interested. So if they ask you, oh, how are you doing? And you go, oh, not good. And they go, oh, I hear that. And they just they just move on to the next topic. Chances are they weren't really invested or they're not really listening, which is fine because um, not every relationship needs to be super deep. But uh, I love it when you're sitting with a friend and they ask you how you're doing and you start talking and they seem like they're so interested. You're the most important person in the world. They're asking you follow-up questions. It's such a neat feeling. Like you feel like so important in their eyes. And then I try to flip it back on them as well. Yeah, because it's a good feeling. And once again, it's, you know, it can help counteract that loneliness that we sometimes feel. Being able to connect and be real with somebody else. Let's talk a little bit about one of the quality pieces of being in a relationship and that's disagreeing with somebody. So I know this can be a source, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about a very specific situation that happened a while ago where a good friend of mine was very nervous to bring up something with a friend of theirs. And it was one of their really good friends. And they said, I'm really nervous to bring this up. And, and part of me was like, at first I was like, wow, really? Like they're a really good friend of yours and you can't disagree with them. But I guess that is common, right? You don't want to hurt their feelings or you're afraid that you're going to damage the relationship in some way. Do you want to talk about navigating that tricky path about maybe if you have a disagreement or values that are different with people that are very important to you? Well, it would definitely be all stemming from communication, kind of showing up and honoring them, being respectful, listening versus 
you know, also telling them how you're feeling and being real with that. So it's a fine balance. I won't talk too much on it because I know we will do an episode maybe on conflict or something like that to really get into kind of dissecting how to handle that situation. But I would say it would, you know, just show up. I think that's the big thing. Show up and be real. You know, we're human. It's going to happen. Spoiler alert. You're going to have conflict with everybody you know right now (laughs) and everybody you will meet. (laughs) It's how you handle it. So it's about being respectful. It's about communicating and being vulnerable and maybe checking your perception of the situation because maybe you could be fueling it with something that's actually not there. So trying to be self-aware and kind of honor that person. And I would say honor them and talk about it. Like, don't I love it when we have this story build up in our heads, but then we actually bring it to the other person. And don't get me wrong. I know how uncomfortable this can be because you're like, oh God, I have anxiety. I don't really want to have this conversation. I don't want to ripple the waters. I need it to be perfect. Uh, But that's not real. Spoiler (laughs) again. Uh, So I would rather somebody kind of say, you know what, this is how I'm feeling right now. And it might not actually have anything to do with you, but I need to talk about this. So when you said this, this is what it's doing for me. So I think being honest and being curious in those situations, because it's not just about telling your side of it. It's asking the other person what they actually meant. So you can get a true read on the situation that's not tainted maybe from your perception. Now let's switch gears here for a second and talk about possible trouble signs in a relationship. So you might be sitting there at home thinking, I think I have an okay friendships or I think I have an okay relationship with my family members. So let's run through a couple trouble signs. I'll I'll just read them out here and then Jillian, maybe you can talk a little bit about it. Uh, One possible trouble sign is that the other person in the relationship, they make it all about them. It's never about you. That's a hard one. You know, sometimes in our lives, it is. The focus will be on one person more than the other because they need it. But once again, it's looking back and taking the pulse on the balance of that and seeing if, you know what, I showed maybe they're showing up for me a lot and maybe recognizing that and then putting that effort back into it as opposed to just taking advantage of another person. I think that's a really big thing. Another trouble sign, they're mean. Mean, once again, I would say it's a perception. So making sure you're having that real conversation, calling somebody on it. Once again, that goes back to respect. If you feel somebody is truly being mean, having the conversation around that. And you know what? Maybe you just grow apart after a while and that's okay too. But I feel if you feel somebody is being mean, it's your responsibility to have a conversation with them. And I always, before I go into anything, I'll always say, is this relationship worth it to me to kind of go there and be vulnerable with that person to have that real conversation. Oh, I like that. So it's interesting to ask yourself that question going in. This will take time and energy. Am I willing and do I want to put in that time and energy? And sometimes the answer might be no. And that's okay. And I will definitely have this conversation once we start talking in depth about conflict too. Big time. Uh, The relationship is convenient. It's based on uh, common circumstances, not choice. Yeah, we've all had those. (laughs) So then I guess it's back to the expectation of that relationship. Is that a quality relationship? You know, maybe you want 
a couple of surface relationships. That's great. That's really cool. That's fine. And once again, it has its time and place. And it's, guys, it's up to you what type you want, what type of interaction you're seeking at that moment. So maybe that's fine for, you know, some times and places in your life. And I know we talked a little bit about this one. Uh, you cannot be honest with them. You're scared to bring something up or you're afraid of their reaction. So that for me would probably be the biggest trouble sign. If I feel I can't be vulnerable with somebody, then I have to do some self-discovery on why that is. Is that about me and that I feel insecure? Or is that I genuinely am afraid of their reaction? So that would, yeah. It's about being able to like dig deep within yourself and be honest and see what that type of relationship is actually about. So hopefully today our listeners receive some quality information about being in relationships. Jillian, do you have any takeaways for people today uh, before they step into a new relationship or before they reassess their current relationships? Are there any thing they is there anything they can do on their own anything that they can work on by themselves um i guess working on a relationship with themselves before they jump into a relationship uh, i think that's an awesome question and one that i wish i knew the answer to way back when <laughs> but unfortunately i have to i had to live to really understand it i would say be okay with yourself. Be happy on your own. Like, especially with romantic relationships, just to go there for a second. I feel for me to have what I have now, which I didn't, to be honest, I did not think was possible, but to have that kind of my, my perfect relationship, I had to honor me before I could go there. And that was something I was always skipping. So I had to invest in me. I had to be okay on my own and really kind of find out who I was and be good with that because I feel by me honoring me and not just kind of subbing people in and I just, I just need companionship. So I'll, I'll just take anybody. It's not about that. And, you know, we go through phases in our life and sometimes we need that. But I feel once we're ready for that, quality relationship I would honor myself I would find out who I am in that moment what I am actually seeking first of all know how to make yourself happy don't put expectations on another person like it's their goal to make you happy in life and once you can do those things for yourself and honor that then I feel you can bring a different quality into a relationship because the person is falling in love with you, who you actually are, not who you're trying to be. Like you look back on your past and maybe guys, you can sympathize with this or, you know, sometimes it's about like, oh, they like that. I like that too. <laughs> you know, and maybe you don't, or maybe you're just really trying to kind of make that other person happy. And I don't think that's fair for them either. So I think knowing yourself, knowing how to make yourself happy and then really seeking out those genuine connections and not just those subpar ones. Beautifully said. What a great way to end the podcast. So we hope that you enjoyed today's episode on relationships. And we encourage you to go to our social media Facebook page. We have a Facebook page called Power Yourself. We encourage you to like us, follow us, ask a question. Why not get involved? Leave a comment. 
Thank you so much for joining us today. And until next time, I'm Carl. I'm Jillian. And we'll talk to you guys later. Thank you so much.